You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Recorded in Chicago, Illinois, with your hosts, Ken, Matt, Neil, and Jeff, this is Triviality. The cream of the crop! Hello and welcome to Triviality, the game where a lack of seriousness meets a little bit of knowledge. My name is Neil, and joining me are Jeff and Ken. Jeff, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. How are you doing, Neil? I'm doing well. Are you uh, enjoying the heat or not enjoying the heat? The very uh, 90 degree heat that we have going on here now. I I think you know that I am very much not enjoying the heat. Um, I don't do well in it. But fortunately, Hamilton came out this weekend on Disney Plus. So I had a good excuse to stay inside. Yes, that is a very good excuse. Uh, And uh, we we wish you luck on your future sweat gland uh, removal surgery. Uh, no wouldn't that make the problem worse (laughs) yeah yeah you probably yeah you know the science i I just i would probably just sign the paper to get your sweat glands removed but uh, luckily you know the science i don't trust you with my medical records yeah there you go uh i have enough medical ailments but i don't trust neil with your glands there you go (laughs) and there's ken uh ken who definitely does not trust me with his glands how are you Uh, you you're staying away from my glands and also jeff I'm waiting for that invite to jump in the pool. Uh, so any any day now. Oh, whenever you want. It's. I actually was out there. I never go in my own pool. But, you know, you have it. So once in a while you use it. But I was out there for like two hours the other day. And it was, it was excellent. So you're the per- person on next door that people keep complaining about going in their own pools? I wouldn't even know <laughs> if anybody was in my pool because I never go in it. Now he's bragging after he doesn't invite me. Uh, yeah, exactly. Very nice. It's a battle. I, you, you can call me anytime. <laughs> it's a, ba- right, a, good, a battle of the glands going on here um and matt uh, you don't hear his voice he unfortunately is not here today uh he's a big fan of uh joey chestnut and uh he made the trek <laughs> over to coney island uh to try and see joey chestnut but unfortunately he was uh detained at the entrance because he had a pack of 12 raw hot dogs he wanted joey to sign and they did not let him in so um he'll be making his trip back soon here but we wish him the best of luck and legal advice that we can Uh, But we do have two very special guests here today. Uh, We'll start uh, with our guest contestant. Uh, She's coming to us from Pasadena, California. That's Stacey Melquist. How's it going? Uh, Very well, thank you. I'm uh, up bright and early this morning. (laughs) Yes, you are. Thank you for doing that. Uh, Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? So um, I'm uh, originally from the Midwest, and I'm a knitter, uh, 
golfer and enjoying California. Um, just been out here about two years and it's, it's a lovely state, everything except how much it costs to live here. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't even realize I wore my California shirt today in honor of you. So I saw that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, thank you for joining us today and thank you for being a uh, Patreon supporter as well. We appreciate it. You're very welcome. Uh, and you will be partnering with, uh, with Jeff today. So I'll let you guys think about a team name, uh, but we do want to introduce our special guest host today, another cruiserweight champion coming to us from Hartford, Connecticut. And that's Brian Harris. How's it going, Brian? I'm good. Doing good out here. And uh, you told me before when we were uh, checking some levels that uh, you've been getting into a little bit of voiceover work. Yeah, just um, around the time this uh, quarantine started, I had just started learning how to do voiceover work. So it's something that has definitely kept me busy um, and something that I would at least had to focus on every week other than just cleaning up after myself. <laughs> and uh, why don't you tell us a little bit else uh, about yourself um, I'm, a, I'm a dad I'm a trivia host here in Hartford at a local brewery I'm also a bartender and a restaurant manager at the same brewery um, and I kind of just I've always just liked trivia and it's kind of by happenstance I became a host it's just a necessity for it so I just just uh, put both feet in and just jumped in the pool that's awesome uh, three uh, years now and yeah. so as the trivia host and the bartender and the bar manager if someone wants a drink you can deny them if they're being mean at trivia then it's what it sounds like or it is make them answer like a hard question and you get nothing there you go <laughs> <laughs> well thank you for joining us and for being a patreon supporter we're excited for your game today oh you're welcome uh so while we figure out uh, team names let's throw it over to uh the rules guys hey uh, neil but before you throw it over it's been a long time since we heard from an old friend. So how about we throw it over to alternate rules guy? Oh, yes, you're right. All right, let's do that. Triviality Podcast is two rounds of 20 questions worth 10 points apiece. At halftime, there's a special swing round by this week's host. In the final round, players wager points they've earned for a chance to become the cream of the crop. I am the queen. Uh, I, I do. I do miss Gilbert. I I wonder how he's doing in quarantine. Uh, I know he's doing a lot of voiceover work, and I'm sure he talks to himself in his different voices. I don't know. What do you think, Ken? Yeah, that probably sounds about right. I, I hear he's making a killing on cameo. So, um, uh, so Stacy, Jeff, uh, any ideas on a team name? All right, Stacy. I don't know how you feel about a team name, but um, you're from California, and I woke up like three hours ago, but I'm still kind of in a haze. So, how do you feel about California dreaming? Why not? Sounds good to me. Um, Ken, I was just thinking, since Matt is uh, stalking Joy Chestnut, maybe like Matt Diggity Dog. All right. Sounds good. Awesome. Cool. So Matt Diggity Dog versus California Dreamin'. Uh, Brian? Ironically, that was his nickname before the hot dog incident. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But Brian, yeah, take the keys. It's all yours. All right. So um, like I told you guys a little earlier, this is a little pop culture heavy, so bear with it. Round one, question one. Go testify on the corner. Who was the first and only rapper to win a Grammy, an Oscar, and an Emmy? All right, we're going to lock in. I'm going through my my list of rappers. It's probably the one area of music that I'm not as as familiar with. Um, I can't think of Eminem having won a Tony, though, but I think he won an Oscar for 8 Mile. I don't. I don't think there was any mention of a Tony in the question. Just oh, no. for fairness, no, it's uh, it's Grammy, Oscar, and Emmy. 
Yeah, okay. I suppose he could he could have won an, an Emmy for some sort of guest spot or yeah. I don't know. Um, I've got nothing better. So if you feel comfortable with that, I'm going to lock that in. Let's let's lock that in. So I'm going to throw it to Ken for the the final answer. But I I was listening to Brian's question and he said uh, rapper. So I knew it wasn't Three Six Mafia who uh, won for Hustle and Flow, and I don't think it was Eminem. Uh, but I believe it's someone who wrote uh, a track for a really great documentary you should see called 13th by Ava DuVernay. Um, and I'm going to throw it to Ken because I think Ken has seen him fight John Wick before. <laughs> yes, I did. I did see him fight uh, John Wick, specifically in John Wick 2, I believe. And that is uh, common. And your answer is the there are all three songs are go testify in the corner from common. Yep, Chicago right. guy. So I figured, I don't know if that was Chicago. on purpose or not, but <laughs> it, it was it was done a little on purpose because he's from Chicago. All right, question two: Whose house? <laughs> on the show Golden Girls, the majority of the show scenes take place in their beautiful Miami home. Which one of our Golden Girls actually owned the house? Neil, on this one, I don't, I can't distinguish between the four. Girls, I, I know their names, so just uh, just pick one at okay. random, unless you have an inkling, and uh, we'll lock in with that. Well, I know it's played by Rue McClanahan. I know, um, I think it's Blanche. Is yeah. that one of the Golden Girls? Okay, yeah. yeah, no, that was that was her character, Blanche. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, yeah, I don't even know if this is her name on the Golden Girls. Now that I think about it, uh, B. Arthur played Maud, so I just put Maud, which I don't think is correct. And uh, B. Arthur played Dorothy, hmm. but the house belonged to Blanche from her deceased husband. Nice. Wow, oh, nice. Thanks, Stacy. Good pull. <laughs> Blanche, not just a way to prepare vegetables. <laughs> or Rue, preparing food. Yeah. Question not just number sauce. <laughs> Yeah, right. Not, not a road <laughs> in France. <laughs> Sorry, I haven't had breakfast yet. Question number three. This is my. Uh, my triviality shout out right here. Question number three. I got you for three minutes. Three minutes of playtime. That's a bone yeah, song. really good. In 2003, Macho Man Randy Savage made a three-minute rap song dissing Hulk Hogan. What is the name of the song which shares its name with his album? Ken, uh, I definitely know this one because I forced myself to listen to all of it from beginning to end. Uh, so. All right. Go for it. Yeah, I had a feeling they would be. How's your, how's your Macho Man uh, Hulk Hogan shade knowledge, Stacy? It's very poor. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say I I did slightly watch them when I was growing up in the eighties, but man, I two thousand three Macho Man, I don't know a, a single thing about. <laughs> I don't I don't know it. I'm say better you than me. I don't know it either. I'm I'm fine with tapping on this one. <laughs> Sounds good. Uh, well, this is definitely a phrase that uh, Ken has told me he tells Jeff all the time. Um, <laughs> but I will say it is kind of ironic because of our team name is uh, Matt Diggity Dog. I know it opens with uh, Hot Diggity, uh, Hot Diggity Damn Hulk. I'm glad you set it off. But I believe it's Be a Man. And it is Be a Man. It is an epic rap track. If you ever want to <laughs> listen to it, it's up there with Hamilton. <laughs> <laughs> well you can't beat Ken's the definitely not getting in my pool now yeah, <laughs> i want ken to to roll up with uh what macho man is wearing on the uh, album cover i think it's like black tank top with like chains or something it's really pretty funny i mean that wouldn't be that different right 
I guess from your normal attire, yeah. Right, right. Question four. You've come a long way, Opie. What popular video game franchise shares its name with the first full-length film directed by Ron Howard? All right, so after a little bit of uh, back and forth, uh, me and Neil are able to lock in here. It's Stacey, the oldest Ron Howard movie I can think of, and I don't know what would have come before it, if anything, is Splash. I was going to say, that's earlier than what I was thinking. I was thinking Willow, I think he okay. directed that, but that's much later than, than Splash. Yeah, that's that's the as far back as I can go, as far as Ron Howard movies. Everything else I can think of is much newer. But I was listening to a show the other day, they were talking about uh, something with Splash, so that one just happened to be top of mind. So we're going to lock in Splash. Yeah, it was the thing you were hearing about Splash, about the extended hair to uh, cover up the butt. That looked really weird on Disney+. Plus. Yeah, but, probably. Uh, yeah. Uh, we were kind of going through Ron Howard movies. Uh, Neil said, I think his first movie was called Grand Theft Auto. Could that be it? And I said, that is a video game series, obviously. So we're going Grand Theft Auto. All right. And from 1977, Grand Theft Auto. Oh, nice. It was very much like a like a Cannonball Run type movie. Okay, where he was with uh, you know some rich guy's daughter, and they like drove around the country, something like that. There are so many movies like that during that. There was Cannonball Run. It's a Mad 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 World and um, Rat Race. All those movies. All right. Question five: The Tale of Two Tanners. There are two sitcoms: one from the '80s and one from the '90s. Both of these sitcoms are centered around a family with the last name Tanner. For 10 points, you must name both. Stacy, I know this one. Oh, good. <laughs> I just remembered the other one. Yeah, so we can lock in. Sounds good to All right, me. They're locked in. So the first one you were saying, the easy one is Full House, right? Yeah. Um, could it be Step by Step? I don't know what their names were. I mean, that was a TGIF show. Yeah, it could. Yeah, it could be Step by Step. It's something like that. Okay. It doesn't jump out to me as much. That one always seems to me like that's like the obscure one that people always forget uh, with Patrick Duffy. Um, so maybe that's possible. Do you want to go with those two? Right. Yeah, that's fine. Okay. So I don't say this very often, um, but thank you, Matt, because I'm pretty sure that these are Matt's two favorite shows. Uh, one is Full House, and the other one that I only know because of him is Elf. So we're going to lock in with Full House and Elf. And you're correct. Full House and Elf. Full House from the 90s, Elf from the 80s. Hey, nice job, Matt, uh, showing up here, even though he's not here uh, physically. Um, after five. The Spirit of Matt. <laughs> the Spirit of Matt in jail. Uh, let's see. Which so we is got what I'm going to name my biplane. The Spirit of Matt in jail <laughs> as it crosses the Atlantic. Um, so, yeah, Team uh, California Dreaming with 20 points and Team Matt Diggity Dog with 30. So, very close. All right, question six in the first round. Marty, we got to go back. Back in 1985, Christopher Lloyd played the iconic Doc Brown in Back to the Future. He also played a professor in the same year in what movie? Which, by the way, is one of my favorite movies of all time. But that doesn't help you. Okay, you want to like him with that? For it to be somebody's favorite movie, too, that makes sense. Yeah, that's true. All right, we're locked in. If they say something that's not his favorite movie, this could be real bad. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So I think he plays Professor Plum in Clue. 
Oh, yeah, that would be right around the right time. Yeah, 85 or 86, definitely. Sweet. We'll lock you with Clue. That is definitely Ooh, a professor. Yeah, he's right. But uh, we're, we went with uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Ooh, that is a good one, and it is a good movie. But Christopher Lloyd made two movies in 1985. They were Back to the Future, and he played Professor Plum in Clue. Ah, such a good Way movie. Way to go, Jeff. <laughs> I can thank Neil for that because he always kept telling me that Clue was so good, and I was like, oh, I have to finally watch this movie. Oh, so. so good. It's great. It's great. Yeah. Question number seven. They see me rolling. In 1902, Teddy Roosevelt was the first president to publicly ride in an automobile down the streets of what New England capital city? If only he was he was playing that track. It'd be great. All right, Neil and I have settled on an answer, so we're locked in. Well, I was just starting to kind of name some uh, capital cities in New England. And the two that I came up with so far, Boston and Augusta. And it wouldn't surprise me if it's Boston. I mean, that seems like it's one of the larger cities in uh, New England. So, Stacey, I'm inclined to agree with you. I feel like Boston feels right. I can't imagine many other really popular, populous cities in New England at the time. Um, I know he's from New York, but neither new york city well that wouldn't be the capital anyways but that doesn't feel right as an answer to me so i like boston yeah i think i think i'm i'm happy going with boston boston it is ken and i uh, threw out some east coast cities uh we were debating whether he was a new yorker or not or if it mattered uh, as ken said which i agreed with and we both kind of settled on on boston that's what we think of when we hear new england all right um unfortunately i didn't give you any good clues for this except that it is the city where I currently reside in and live in, born and raised in Hartford, Connecticut. Wow. There's a, yeah, there's a plaque uh, on Trumbull Street that does, it gives you a whole description of like the type of car it was. And, what kind of car was it, do you know? I don't remember, but I, I'm assuming it was just a Model T. Yeah. Question number eight, Black Knights Matter. Sir William Conrad Reeves, a lawyer from the Barbados, would go on to become the Attorney General and eventually the Chief Justice of the Barbados. Although done posthumously, he would also go on to be the first black man to be knighted by what ruler in 1889? Normally at Trivia, there's questions that we often get wrong, and a lot of them have to do with monarchs or things like that. But Ken usually has a handle on presidents, and we've been trying to learn about monarchs, which I think this is in that realm. I'm feeling pretty good about this one, Stacy. Oh, good. So was uh, Queen Victoria the second? She was like later on, right? Like around that time? I think so. Um, I think she was empowered during World War One. So that would make sense. Yeah, that, that, that should be good, I think. Yeah, and that makes sense with the story, too, because if he's knighted, be the queen of... And we're just England. assuming it's English, but uh, yeah. let's, let's go with that. Okay. Queen Victoria the second. Okay, so... Um... I feel pretty good about this, Stacey. I feel like um, Barbados is an English commonwealth, or was. And I know Victoria reigned from like the early 18, like probably like the 1830s, 1840s, all the way until her death. And I know she was in the 20th century, I think so, like 1900, 1901. So it's got to be her reign. So I feel pretty good about Queen Victoria. All right. I have a decision to make here because I have Queen Victoria, but it's Queen Victoria the first. Oh. Yeah, I don't believe there was a Victoria the second. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't know if there was a second or not, and I'm pretty sure there was. No, there's only one. Yeah. We got overzealous. 
Yeah, you might have been thinking about Elizabeth because Elizabeth one was fifteen. Elizabeth is the second, and Elizabeth yeah. two is the second currently. Yeah, well, I was thinking about Victoria, but it's up to yeah, it's up to the host. Yeah, up to you, Brian. I give it to Queen Victoria is all around points all around. All right, see, Thank you. see Stacey, you see how bad we are with monarchs. We're we're giving people seconds when they don't have it. Question number nine. Back to your pop culture, and I'll form the head. The cartoon and toy Voltron, Defender of the Universe, from the eighties now rebooted into a Netflix series. Voltron's body is made up of five robotic lions. What two color lions make up the arms? Okay, we are going to lock in here pretty much a guess, but uh, educated guess, maybe. All righty. Well, Jeff, I'm trying to remember back. My brother actually had the toy. Oh, nice. <laughs> Way back in the, in the day, and I'm trying to remember for the life of me which ones made the arms. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Well, let's just go with red and blue, and I hope I'm remember. I'm hoping that somehow my first two instincts are correct here. Okay, I'll trust you on it. Red and blue sounds okay. good. All right, so we're kind of guessing uh, that uh, red and blue comprise the chest and head. So uh, for the arms, that leaves green and yellow as our guess. All right. Um, yes, the right answer was said. His arms were red and green. Uh, the pilots were Lance and uh, Pidge, and there was Hunk and I think the Princess, and Keith formed the body. He was the Black Lion. Uh, and your final question in a round? I did it all by myself. In 1899, the outlaw Thomas Blackjack Ketchum, only man tried, convicted, and hanged for felonious assault as he alone attempted to rob what? Felonious Assault is a pretty cool band name. Um, I love these turn of the century questions too. Was, by the way, I was seeing it as like a uh, like a late jazz fusion act. Yeah, Felonious Assault. <laughs> Felonious Assault. <laughs> okay, we are gonna lock in over here. Yeah, I've got no idea on this. Unfortunately, sorry. That's that's quite all right. I mean. I mean, for humor alone, I feel like we should just we should just lock in with a Liberty Bell because I have no idea. I, I think that uh, it's be- better than uh, better than anything else I can kind of come up with at this point. Okay, we can go with the Liberty Bell. Yeah. So we we had a discussion. Ken was thinking possibly casino, which would be probably obviously a big mistake uh, because of their security. Um, and then I just threw out um, sort of what always is in Western lore, which is either a, a train or a stagecoach. Um, because, um, they always show it in movies, but maybe it didn't really happen that often. Um, so, uh, yeah, so we went with, uh, with stagecoach. All right. And 19, excuse me, 1899, Blackjack Ketchum went to try alone to rob a train. Um, the story is that him and his brother had robbed the train previously, like maybe a year before. Uh, his brother got arrested for something else, so he was going to go out and rob this train by himself because he thought he could do it. Got shot up his horse, and then he got hanged for it. Wow. That'll that'll redact the uh, points we got uh, for uh, Victoria, so yeah, uh, it's all even. <laughs> there you go. Uh, and speaking of even, uh, the, the scores are 40 to 40 going into the swing round. Uh, so, Brian, what do you got in store for us today? All right, your swing round is called Athletic Actors. I am going to name a movie that features a professional athlete. This athlete has also been inducted into a Hall of Fame of one of the big four sports. 
you have to name the Hall of Famer in the movie. So I'll give you the year in the movie. You just have to name the Hall of Famer. All right. From 1998, there's something about Mary. From 2002, analyze that. From 1997, double team. From 84, Conan the Destroyer. From 94, Dumb and Dumber. From 1980, another one of my favorites, Airplane. From 87, The Running Man. From 84, Chattanooga Choo Choo. From 81, Cannonball Run. And from 1988, there are two Hall of Famers in The Naked Gun. Bonus two points for the second one. All right, we are going to take a look at these questions and be right back with our answers. Welcome to From Beneath the Hollywood Sign. If you love old movies, Hollywood history, or the golden age of filmmaking, you've come to the right place. This is the podcast that talks about amazing stories of Tinseltown from another era and fascinating conversations with writer-producer Steve Kubine and actress-writer Nan McNamara. One particular argument, he ended up dislocating Ava's jaw. <gasps> Ava, she was such a tough cookie. Rather than cry or scream or anything like that, she... Was, or call the police. Or call the police, like she should have, exactly. <laughs> What does she do? She takes an ashtray and she knocks him over the head and knocks him unconscious. That's how she fought back. She didn't know what to do, so she called Louis B. Mayer. I think I've killed Howard Hughes. What do I do? Revisit a time when the pictures were still big and everyone was ready for their close-up. When you want Tyrone Power instead of Tom Hardy, Jennifer Jones instead of Jennifer Lawrence, or Robert Mitchum rather than Robert Pattinson, then From Beneath the Hollywood Sign is the gin joint for you. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. On our show, we help listeners like you make the most of your finances. I sit down with NerdWallet's team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. We answer your real-world money questions and break down the latest personal finance news. The Nerds will give you the clarity you need by cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. We don't promote get-rich-quick schemes or hype unrealistic side hustles. Instead, we offer practical knowledge that you can apply in your everyday life. You'll learn about strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. And you'll walk away with the confidence you need to ensure that your money is always working as hard as you are. So turn to the nerds to answer your real-world money questions and get insights that can help you make the smartest financial decisions for your life. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. All of the answers are locked in. So before we throw it right back to Brian to get those questions once more, feel free to join Brian and Stacy over at The Crop, uh, where you can interact with other listeners, uh, see when episodes are posted, hear about new Patreon subscribers if you're a Patreon uh, supporter and you want to see us give you a shout out uh, or just hang out. So we'd love to, to see you over there. So make sure to join our Facebook group, The Crop, or uh, Instagram and Twitter at TrivialityPod. Uh, so Brian, let's get those uh, questions again. We'll give our answers. All right, so uh, the athletic actors. I'm going to name a movie. You tell me the actor that's in it. 1998, There's Something About Mary. 
Okay, I want to get us started off here at Matt Diggity Dog. Uh, I remember Brett Favre being kind of the uh, Keanu Reeves of uh, "There's Something About Mary," isn't that right, Neil? I think that, I think you're right there. Yep. And we also had Brett Favre. Yeah, inducted in 2016. I have Brett Favre. <laughs> <laughs> Brett Favre. Uh, in, in New England, we say Brett Favre. Brett Favre. Uh, number two. 2002 analyze that uh this one i had no idea uh whatsoever um i i know analyze this uh not as familiar i think i only saw analyze that once like in the theaters but take a complete guess here uh robert de niro is a huge uh new yorker uh fan of new york things and i guess at that time probably the biggest new yorker is probably Derek jeter so that's what we went with. and we went with uh wayne gretzky isn't uh, Robert De Niro is a pretty big fan, isn't he, Neil? Uh, <laughs> well, he is the fan. Yeah, I was gonna, Brian. Exactly. He Bobby, is, Bobby, Bobby, I'm right, gonna kidnap uh, your kid, Bobby. To the Major League Baseball Hall of Fame in 2014, Joe Torre. Oh. Oh. Oh, it was a Yankee, I guess. We were kind of close. It was a Yankee. Yeah. Nice. All right, number three, 1997 double team. Yeah, I think uh, both me and Neil right away knew this one was uh, one of Dennis Rodman's two outings. One of them is in Simon Says, I believe, right? Yep. And then the other one was double team, so Dennis Rodman. Yeah, we didn't have much of an idea, and I we were just kind of uh, tossing back and forth uh, different players. So we put down Deion Sanders here. And playing the character of Yaz, 2011 inductee to the Basketball Hall of Fame, Dennis Rodman, the worm. Yes. Uh, 19, 1984, Conan the Destroyer. Yeah, I believe this one, uh, they needed someone uh, much bigger than Arnold Schwarzenegger. And I think there's a famous picture, actually. Jeff, maybe Jeff is the one who talks to me about it all the time. But Arnold is, when he's super jacked as Conan, is being held up by uh, someone else I can't remember. And then this person looking very puny compared to them. And I believe it's Wilt Chamberlain. Yeah, again, uh, we we didn't quite know, but we figured it might be a football player given the uh, the size of Arnold Schwarzenegger, so we put down uh, Mean Joe Green. All right, playing Bombada, uh, it was Wilt Chamberlain. All right, from 1994, Dumb and Dumber. All right, so Neil told me this was a hockey player, and I said, uh, who, did he, who did they play? And he said the bully in the, uh, the diner. I said, well, if you're if it's that era and you're looking for a hockey player to uh, start a fight with, it might be Bob Probert, but it's purely a guess. And we originally did have a hockey player down, but at the last minute, I thought that somehow uh, Dumb and Dumber also had Troy Aikman in it, so we went with Troy Aikman. All right, inducted into the Hockey Hall of Fame in 2005. It was played played the character Seabass, Cam Neely, from 1980, Airplane. Yeah, this one uh, is uh, someone near and dear to our heart with our Game of Death episodes. Uh, he has the great retort where he uh, tells the little kid his dad's full of it, uh, saying that he doesn't uh, play for 60 minutes straight. Uh, we went with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. And we also went with Kareem Abdul- Abdul-Jabbar. Roger Murdoch. He was inducted in 1995, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar from 1987, The Running Man. Neil said, I don't know. I said, wasn't it one of those gladiator guys? And he said, oh, yeah, Jim Brown. So Jim Brown is our answer. 
That sounds like a great answer. We we really had no clue. I don't think either of us have seen the movie. So we went uh, just uh, thinking about the 85 Bears. We went with uh, Walter Payton. All right. He was inducted into the Football Hall of Fame in 71. He played Fireball. It was Jim Brown. Yeah, luckily Ken jogged my memory there because I, I forgot about him. He's like the the guy who had won so many tournaments and is like living a home life now, but he comes back special to beat Arnold. Um, and I believe he has the best hair in the entire movie. He's got the two silver streaks, if I remember. The silver streaks? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like the Richard Dawson line. Arnold does a I'll be back only in a rerun. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Number eight from 84. Chattanooga Choo Choo. I, I didn't even know this was a movie, to be honest. Uh, Jeff and I were laughing about it because I, I know it's a, a Glenn Miller song. Um, so I have no idea. Uh, we didn't put anything. So Chattanooga, I think that's in Tennessee. So um, I don't even think he was born yet, but I'm just going to say uh, Peyton Manning. And we we just kind of uh, threw a dart at the wall on this one because, again, we were also not aware that this was a movie. Um, and we came up with uh, Yogi Berra. All right, inducted into the Football Hall of Fame as a quarterback in 1985. It was Joe Namath. He did a lot of movies in the, in the early 80s, even when he was still playing. He did a couple of movies. And it was just because he was like a pretty face, you know? Broadway Joe, right? <laughs> That's why he's Broadway Joe. Yeah, I still uh, remember seeing pictures of him with that, that fur coat. The coat? Oh. <laughs> From 1981, Cannonball Run. Well, for all the reasons you just uh, discussed, we guess this was Joe Namath, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> you're, uh, you're not too far off, although um, he's, uh, he's a little bit, uh, I think a little bit older, and he's, uh, he's definitely still all over uh, the airwaves, because I'm pretty sure this is Terry Bradshaw. He is a little bit older and a little bit bolder. Inducted at 89 is Terry Bradshaw. And your last one from 1988, The Naked Gun. And there are two. Oh, there's one main one, and then there's one more for two points. So any two. The first one is the the famous one. You got OJ playing uh, Leslie Nielsen's partner. Uh, the second one, all I'm going to say is I know it's a baseball player. It's at the end. He like points the gun at the queen. And he's like, I, I have to kill the queen or something like that. I could not picture his face i just know it's a baseball player uh but we couldn't get it so yeah we locked in with oj and we also didn't try for the bonus uh and just locked in with oj all right oj is correct he played norberg and the baseball player who his only lines in the movie i'm pretty sure were i must kill the queen 1993 mlb hall of famer reggie jackson oh Oh, yeah yeah. that's right he had the big glass october after the swing round, it looks like uh, Team California Dreamin' picked up 20 points and Team Matt Diggity Dog picked up 30, bringing our scores to 60 for California Dreamin' and 70 for Matt Diggity Dog. So still very close. All right. On the round two, question one. Drinks on me. What is the name for a wine steward who is well-trained and knowledgeable wine professional that specializes in all aspects of wine service and food pairing? Oh, for a bonus two points, what is the name for a beer steward who does everything under the same label and also is an expert in beer service and food pairing? Yep, we are locked in. I don't think we have the bonus, but uh, we're going to lock in with the uh, the first answer. 
Stacy, does this uh, does this sound like a sommelier to you? Yep, that's exactly what I wrote down. I thought we could log in until that second bonus came in. I have no idea on the bonus. I'm gonna say brewmaster. There we go, Brew, a brewmaster, so a sommelier and a brewmaster. And uh, we also said sommelier and brewmaster. And your answers are sommelier, and the bonus is a cicerone. Which literally just translates to everything a Somalia is, just with beer. Number two, Yukon Gold. In what year did the University of Connecticut make history when both men and women Huskies won their NCAA basketball championships? Being from Connecticut, everybody here knows the year. You'll just lock in with whatever you want here, because this is not my category. So, Jeff, do you have a, a, a particular year you're thinking of? No, unfortunately, sports are my real weak point. I know that the UConn Huskies women's team is so dominant that we could pick any year and they're probably going to have won it. But um, I don't know about the men's team. I think for whatever reason, 2015 kind of called called my name. Okay. Um, I'm happy to go with that because uh, I'm always deferring to someone else on these kinds of questions anyways. <laughs> Okay, let's uh, go with 2015 then, locking in. I had the same train of thought as Stacy. I knew it was recent um, just because I remember it being a big deal on social media. And so I was kind of thinking it had to have been in the last 10 years. Um, and for no other reason than, uh, actually for no other reason, really. I just went 2013, just for the hell of it. All right, you guys would be surprised how long ago it was. It was 2004. Oh. Whoa. Yeah, uh, Okafor and like Diana Taurasi, all of them are still playing. Quite a while ago, I didn't realize it's been 16 years. Oh, that was Diana Taurasi's team. Yeah. Fun fact: If you add up the second and third most women's NBA championships, like Tennessee and Butler, it's the same amount that UConn has total. Like for women, they are so dominant; it's insane. All right, number three, fantasy football. What video game was the first to have a contract with both the NFL and the Players Association and was given permission to use the players' names? It's funny when you think about it, going back to those old games, they don't have names a lot of the times, or they're just <laughs> fake names. And then there's all those famous basketball games where there's, there's it's clearly Jordan, but it's not Jordan. Ken and I discussed some newer games, some older games, and we kind of felt it was an older game, so we locked in with an answer. Um, I'm trying to think of old football games. I know like Tecmo Bowl, Super Tecmo Bowl. I don't know if those had I th- names in them. I think they did because it's like really poor graphics, right? And and because I remember I I have Tecmo Bowl down as well. Okay. As, I think early. So yeah, if you want to go Tecmo Bowl, I'm good with that. Let's do that. Sweet. Tecmo Bowl it is. So at first I messaged Ken NFL 2K because I remember, I don't know if that was the one on Dreamcast that had the little window with the plays. And I remember players being named that, but then he said, I think it was a side scroller and I should have remembered uh, Tecmo Super Bowl because Colleen's brother, every holiday runs a family tournament that uh, I'm subjected to. Uh, The first year I really (laughs) practiced hard when I was trying to impress her family. And then ever since I've just not really cared. Um, So, yeah, we locked in with Tecmo Super Bowl. All right. And the first game was Tecmo Bowl. Mm. Tecmo Super Bowl was the second one to come out. But Tecmo Bowl was the first to have the actual players' names. I actually, uh, 
I've never said in my trivia before, and everybody puts Madden. And it reminded me, I listened to your, your retro video game episode. And you guys were just talking about Tech Mobile, and I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot all about that. Yeah, that's Col- that was Colleen's that brother, in. the uh, retro sports camera. He's the one who's obsessed with He has a channel on YouTube, and all he does is play, well, most of the time, Tecmo Super Bowl. All right. Question four for my Game of Thrones fans. From the window to the wall, the story of Brand the Broken. <laughs> Within two, how many total castles occupy the wall in Game of Thrones? This number is also the amount of languages Masandi speaks. And that's just a guess for me, but uh, I'm in, I guess. Um, so I know in the show and in the book, there's like three main castles. Castle Black, East Watch by the Sea, and the Shadow Tower. I know there's more than that, though. I don't know. It's really tough because I could be anywhere between like 15 and 50. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I'm trying to remember... Okay. Um, I'm willing to go with, with you. I would say it's probably a pretty low number given that we're given within two. Um, okay. Uh, do you want to go 20? That sounds, that sounds like a good number to me. Okay. So let's go 20. Cause I think 50 is just, it's just way too high. So I'm, I'll err on the side of caution. All right. And we'll do uh, lucky number 13. All right. So within two, there are 19 castles on the wall. Emma Sandy speaks 19 languages. <laughs> Way to go, Jeff, on that California one. California Dreaming gets points. <laughs> Just Desserts. Created at Antony's Restaurant in New Orleans, what dessert made with a spongy cake, flavored ice cream, and covered in meringue was named for an 1867 land acquisition by the U.S.? Here comes Neil. <laughs> I was going to say, he's the... You know it, right? He's the I know foodie. it, yeah. Okay, I think it's probably baked Alaska, Jeff. Oh, yep, that makes sense. Yep, yeah. uh, we we also said uh, baked Alaska. And you are correct. Acquired by the U.S. in 1867 was Alaska's baked Alaskan. Every time I hear New Orleans now, I just I really have a craving for coffee and a beignet, and it just pains me that I can't have some. You want to do a, a score check? After five in the second round, uh, Team California Dreamin' has 80 and Team Matt Diggity Dog with 90. Question number six. For the last time, it's not Bob Marley. What founder of Rastafarian religion was the last emperor of Ethiopia with his reign ending in 1975? Oh, man, we had this one a while back. We had to take some like bad guesses on it, and I still can't remember. All right, we're we're just gonna lock in with the first name, I guess. Then, yeah, I'm sorry about this one, Stacy. It's really bugging me because I've definitely heard this name before, and I've on, not heard it at all. So on this I... show, <laughs> 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 and uh, usually I'm pretty good at callbacks because I do listen to the show a few times back before we publish. But I don't. Yeah. Well, if it's not Bob Marley, maybe it's Rob <laughs> Marley. So. <laughs> We'll go Rob Marley. <laughs> As Ken said, uh, we had a question either similar to this or in a, in the same realm. And uh, I know we got it wrong last time, but Ken and I were talking back and forth. Uh, and I believe I had the first name. I just could not come up with the last name. Um, but uh, Ken, what did we go with? Uh, first name Leonard. And then let's let's give him a last name and say Redmond. <laughs> Sounds good. All right, and the founder of Rastafari religion, last emperor of Ethiopia, is Haile Selassie. Oh, I was way off then. That's so right. 
That's right. Yep. Who was I thinking? Uh. All right. Number seven, Exotic Eats. Banned for import to the U.S. What fruit from the Sapindacea soapberry family is found in West African and Jamaican breakfasts, usually accompanied with cod or saltfish? All right, Neil, I have a guess here, um, just based on one thing in the question. So, I'm I'm good with that. I have no idea otherwise. I the only thing I was thinking of is something that's like very stinky. So I was thinking, isn't it? Is it called durian, which is like this huge? Yeah, fruit? the durian fruit. Yeah, that's that's yeah. like a really smelly one. I think <laughs> that's the best I can think of right now. So okay, that's better than I'm gonna get. We'll go durian. Okay, so last week I happened to buy something called uh, golden berries from Trader Joe's. And uh, I guess they're also called Cape Gooseberries. But uh, it was the first time I tried them. And I found that uh, they did have quite like a slippery sort of film on the outside. So when he said soap berry, that really kind of triggered something. So I'm going to say gooseberry as the answer. Well, this fruit is uh, found in Jamaica and in, uh, from West Africa. And it goes with uh, saltfish. It's called Aki. Saltfish and Aki. There's a in in Hartford. There's a very large Jamaican population. It's about twenty five percent Jamaican. Um, so like stuff like this is just very common. People will smuggle it over here, and it's a fruit. It's very uh, kind of like a mango. It's got a but it's very buttery. Um, it's not very strong taste, but it is good. But it's the only reason why it's banned from import is because if you have it before it's matured, it's toxic. So, like, you know, if it hasn't matured yet, it can, like, lead to having, like, some complications. Except I'm very impatient, so I'd probably end up poisoning myself. (laughs) (laughs) I want to eat it now. Question number eight. Party in the back. Making references to Van Damme, Billy Ray Cyrus, and Joey Buttafuoco in their 1994 song, Mullethead, what group that transitioned from punk to rock to hip-hop is credited with coining the word mullet. I know this one, Ken, I believe. Let me tell tell me if you think this is right. Oh yeah. Or no shoot. Now Autocrack's got me all screwed up. Yes. <laughs> we are we are locked in over here. Who who is that bad? <laughs> that's the that's the cheap knockoff. Uh yeah. <laughs> the guy from Detroit that's very uh pro flag. I can't remember his name. No, oh, uh Kid Rock. <laughs> Kid Rock is all I can think of. That's probably a little too early for him, but... As soon as you said Kid Rock, I thought of Ad Rock, who's in the Beastie Boys, and that might fit. Do you want to go the Beastie Boys? Sure, why not? Let's okay, do <laughs> let's do that. We'll go Beastie Boys. And Matt Diggity Dog. Yep, Neil uh, and I both texted each other uh, Beastie Boys at the same time, except when Neil texted it said Beastie Bots. We're saying the Beastie Bots. <laughs> That's a great cover name. Um, yeah, from the 1994 song, The Beastie Boys. I um, I had the privilege of seeing them in concert. I may or may not have skipped school one day, but it was an awesome concert. It was way before Ed Rock died. And then they started doing the whole Tibet thing after that. That must have been great. Question number nine. I do this in all my trivias. I do a whole round of them. It's called A-A-A-A-A-A-A, which stands for all acceptable answers are always alliterations. So your answer is going to be an alliteration. 
I'm not only a client, I'm also the president, was a catchphrase of the owner and founder of Hair Club for Men, a series of infomercials that ran throughout the 80s advertising hair restoration. What was the name of the hair owner's alliterative name? Hair Club owner's alliterative name. I have no idea, Neil. I, I don't either. I have a joke answer, but I, I know the commercials really well. We used to watch them all the time, but... Have any idea, Jeff? No, sorry, Stacy. This is not. Uh, <laughs> I, this is not one I know. I'm. Uh, I, I kind of. I can maybe kind of remember the commercials, but this isn't. This isn't one I'm going to think is gettable for me. What about you? I. Uh, I wish. I wish. I. If I wish, I paid more attention <laughs> to these commercials. I think I kind of skipped over them when whenever they were on. You didn't, you didn't have natural. any concerns uh, with yourself or anyone in your family having male <laughs> no. pattern baldness? <laughs> Not at all. Uh, uh, how about uh, something funny like, uh, so my dad is bald, but he's got like a little bit around the, the sides, you know, the George Costanza kind of thing. Um, kind of looks like a horseshoe. You want to go like horseshoe Harry or something stupid like that? <laughs> sounds, sounds good to me. Might as well put a joke answer in there. Yep. There's an alliteration. It is an alliteration. <laughs> At least we got one half of us. Uh, one half they ask. Yeah, Ken and I did not know it. Uh, we knew the commercials, uh, but we just decided uh, Arn Anderson has an alliterative name, and he's a wrestler. Oh. A wrestler, but I doubt he was part of Hair Club for Men. So that's what we locked in with. He should have been though. Oh, uh, and your answer is Cy Sperling. Cy Sperling. He's not only a client; he's also the president. Yeah, that name definitely rings a bell. Your final question. Women in wine get better with age. Who is the oldest female singer to have a song hit number one on the Billboard? Believe it or not, she was 52 years young and had held on to the number one spot for four weeks. We're going to lock in over here. I was going to say, Stacey, I've got an idea based on the, the uh, clue. Uh, what, what, are you think- what are you thinking? Uh, believe by Cher is what that I'm thinking. Sound, that sounds very... Uh... Very good. I was I was starting to go by believe it or not. I'm like, oh, I'm starting to sing like theme songs to t- television shows. <laughs> no, because believe was uh was like 98, I think. Yeah. Because Neil yep. was talking about it on an episode not too long ago. So. Yep, and that great auto tune, or I don't right. know if it was auto tune or what 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 was doing the uh, the vibrations. <laughs> but I think it's auto tune. <laughs> okay. Well, let's well, let's lock and share. Jeff, if I could turn back time, I would uh, have had coffee before recording the podcast. But uh, <laughs> we're going with Cher as well. And Believe is the name of the 1990 song, 1999 song by Cher. Well, going into the final round, uh, scores are Team California Dreamin' with 100 and Team Matt Diggity Dog with 110. So what are those categories, Brian? Your categories are the Starman, the Demon, the Cat, the Spaceman, and Kiss. All the wagers are locked in. Brian, feel free to give us those questions. The Starman. Stars is a fictional group of law enforcement and the main protagonist in the Resident Evil universe. What does the acronym STARS stand for? The Demon. In what Philip Pullman book and TV series do humans have demons? Entities that take the form of an animal and are physical representations of the person's soul. 
If the human dies, the demon dies. And demon is spelled D-A-E-M-O-N. The cat. What is the only species of big cat in the animal kingdom that cannot retract its claws? The spaceman. On May 30th, 2020, SpaceX had its first test of a two-man crew aboard the Falcon 9 rocket. Elon Musk named the second robotic ship O-C-I-S-L-Y that serves as a landing platform for the SpaceX rockets. What does O-C-I-S-L-Y stand for? He named in honor of sci-fi writer Ian M. Banks. Again, that's O-C-I-S-L-Y. And the kiss. During the 88 and 89 NBA Finals, before the start of each game, the captains from both teams would greet each other at half court and kiss on the cheek. Who were these two captains? All right, we're going to take a little bit of time, go over these questions, and we'll be right back with our answers. Calling all kids in the car. Brittany and Meredith here from the chart-topping Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast. Are you dreading another silent car ride with the fam? We've got the cure. Three rounds of fresh trivia every single week. Movies, music, even science and Disney. We've got something for every trivia buff in the car. No more crickets chirping on those long journeys. The Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast is your secret weapon for connecting and laughing with kids of all ages, teens, toddlers, adults, it doesn't matter. Spark their curiosity and challenge their brains with every episode. New episodes drop weekly wherever you get your podcasts. Search for the Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast and turn those car rides into epic adventures. Everybody shush! William Shatner has something to say. Cat and Jethro, box of oddities. What do you do when the woman you love dies? Well, of course you dig her up and you live with her. Aww. The show examines weird things. There are plenty of old photographs from this time period of children out in the streets playing in and among the dead horse carcasses. Oh, I miss those days. Things used to be so much simpler. Cat and Jethro. Then there's the urine wheel, which sounds like a really bad game show. Things done weird things. Cat and Jethro, box of oddities. That is really mysterious. Join Cat and Jethro Gilligan-Toth for the strange, the bizarre, the unexpected, as they lift the lid and cautiously peer inside the box of oddities. The Webby Award-winning Box of Oddities podcast from Airwave Media. All of the answers are locked in. And right before we throw it back to Brian for those questions one more time, just wanted to give a huge thank you to all of our Patreon supporters, including Brian and Stacy, for helping our show continue to grow uh, and be produced and, and do all the great things that we're doing with bonus episodes and extra content. So we appreciate their support here and everyone else who's listening who is a Patreon supporter. If you'd like to join them, you could go to patreon.com slash trivialitypodcast and uh, get access to extra bonus audio content as well as great things like stickers, uh, character boxes put together by our hosts, posters, and much, much more. So if you'd like to join them, once again, that's patreon.com slash trivialitypodcast. All right, Brian, let's see how we did. All right. The Starman stars as a fictional group of law enforcement and the main protagonist in the Resident Evil universe. What does the acronym STARS stand for? 
Yeah, for uh, us at uh, Mad Diggity Dog, this is a pure guess. We just said strategic, strategic tactical alien response system, which spells out stars. But uh, I don't know where alien came from because Resident Evil's usually zombies. So that's what we had. All right. And we wagered uh, 10 points on this one. Stacy and I didn't have a good answer, but we figured stars had to stand for whenever your cable company screws you over and they want to make amends, so they throw that in as part of your new package. <laughs> and we wager 20. All right, and your answer is Special Tactic and Rescue Squad, or Service, either or. All right, The Demon. What Philip Pullman book and TV series do humans have demons? And it is that take the form of an animal and are physical representations of the person's soul. If the human dies, the demon dies. Yes, uh, we, uh, me and Jeff, I mean, uh, we're just talking about this the other day in explicit detail, including the spelling. So I'm guessing we're both going to get this. But we wagered 20, and I said uh, his dark materials. All right, I'll take this one again for us, Stacy. Yep, Ken, we were definitely talking about this the other day. Um, the the spelling of Damon, because we kept joking about how to pronounce it uh, phonetically in the show. Uh, is part of the Golden Compass series, we think, or his Dark Materials series is the HBO one. I know Golden Compass was, I think, the first book. So, yeah, his Dark Materials. And your wagers? We said 10 on that one. Yeah, I'll accept either his Dark Materials or Golden Compass. All right, number three, the cat. What is the only species of big cat in the animal kingdom that cannot retract its claws? Yeah, this is pretty much a straight-up guess for us. Another 20 on the line, but we said the cheetah. Do I take this one for us, Stacey? Sure. Um, yeah, we were we were uh, going through big cat uh, names, and we kind of stopped on the cheetah as well for 10 points. And you are both correct. It's the cheetah. It's uh, because it gets up to such speeds. It's, it always needs to have traction, so the claws just never retract. I knew it wasn't the Jaguar, so that's why we did not go Jaguar. <laughs> yeah, you'll, you'll hear it when you listen to the recording. I went, well, if it was the Jaguar, I'd know, because it's Neil's favorite animal. <laughs> <laughs> the Spaceman. SpaceX had its first two-man crew aboard Falcon 9. What does O-C-I-S-L-Y stand for that serves as the landing platform for the SpaceX rockets? Once again, we went to uh, 20 and uh, we just thought, you know, Elon Musk seems like a huge fan of the film Oscar, uh, which bombed. So we uh, we said he went with the Oceanic Sly Stallone. <laughs> and Jeff, I'll let you take this one. I believe this is uh, Of Course I Still Love You. Yep. And this first landing platform's name was Just Read the Instructions. The second one is Of Course I Still Love You. So it all comes down to the final question. And kiss. During the 88-89 NBA Finals, before the start of each game, captains from both teams would greet each other at half court and kiss on the cheek. Who were these two captains? Once again, we wager 20. Can kind of put it on my shoulders. Um, I always mix up the late 80s basketball. Usually the 80s to me is either Lakers and Celtics. Um, I do know the end of the decade um, the Pistons won in 89, and for some reason, I this could be completely made up in my mind, I think they showed a clip of Magic Johnson and Isaiah Thomas possibly kissing at half court in a B-roll section of the last dance um, when they had their reign. So we went Pistons and Lakers. Okay, yeah, we, we also were thinking about the Pistons, and then 
as a West team of uh, the Lakers. And so we also, we also, uh, so the Piston Lakers and Isaiah Thomas and Magic Johnson being the, the two. Yeah, we were looking for the, well, you said, you said the captain's names also. Um, so I'll give credit to both teams. It was Magic Johnson and Isaiah Thomas. Uh, they were really good friends um, before the finals. And like their first game in the finals was like really rough. It was like a lot of fouls, like a lot of really hard fouls. So they did it at the beginning of each game to let you know everybody know that this is a game, but they're still really good friends. I thought that was really cool. This hasn't happened for a very long time, but I believe we are tied after the five final round questions Ooh. at 130 to 130. <laughs> I have a tiebreaker question if you'd like. Let's do it. Yeah. We have, to, we have to end this. this. Yeah, we have to end let's, this. Let's end it, Jeff. Kumite. And whatever happens, everyone gets a kiss on the cheek. Whatever happens. <laughs> so um, we're going to do prices Right rules. Uh, the closest without going over. Sound good? Mm-hmm. Real yep. simple question. How many strings on a concert harp? I think it's a lot. Because um, like another, the way the piano set up is like they have like strings running over other strings. So I'm seeing like the big ones and maybe not the small ones. I'm thinking it's like maybe like 35. Is that, is that crazy? I don't think that's crazy. I, okay. I guess the question is, do we want to go with 35 or do we want to play it a little bit safe and go a little bit lower just to make sure that we don't go over? So I, I think it's actually a lot, and I think 35 might okay. be safe. <laughs> okay. If you think 35 is safe, I'm, I'm willing to go with you okay. on this one. <laughs> okay. Sounds good. We'll, we'll submit yeah. 35. All right. And we were considering how many octaves that we thought the, the harp covered, uh, assuming 12 notes per, per octave. Um, we're going to say uh, 50. All right. <clears throat> That was very interesting. This is uh, was a really tight game. Came down to this tiebreaker question. How many strings are on a concert heart? And the answer is 47. No way. <laughs> Man, we're so close. California we're Dreamer so takes close. the win by being that's, under. That's painful. That is Dude, painful. Oh, wow. Do we still get to oh, roll the, that, the wheel? Just for that, I'm putting in the, you, you're wearing a position we'd rather not be in. Unjustifiably <laughs> <laughs> in a position that I'd rather not be in, but the cream will rise to the top. Oh, yeah. All right, you guys are the cream of the crop. Good job. Unjustifiably. Oh, great game. Great game. Thanks, Stacy. Excellent, excellent teammate. <laughs> Good job, guys. That was really fun. Uh, well, thank you for joining us, Stacey. Uh, any last words or shout-outs you'd like to give out? I guess I'll just, you know, do a do an additional plug. I'm in California, I think, right now, you know, with, with the uh, the whole situation and staying at home orders is just kind of keep on wearing your mask. I know it's a little bit it's a little bit of, of, of a pain, but, uh, you know, anything we can do to help our, our neighbors is great. And I'll give a shout-out also to my uh, nephew, Owen, who who is a, kind of an up-and-coming trivia nerd. So we'll see if he uh, eventually will uh, will uh, kind of be able to come onto, the, onto these shows as well. Awesome. Well, hopefully Owen comes on to the dark side pretty soon here. Uh, <laughs> Brian, uh, ex- excellent game. Uh, so much fun. Um, any last words from you? And, and thank you again for writing this game. Oh, you're welcome. It was my pleasure. Um, I was glad to be a part of this. Uh, any trivia is always fun to be a part of. Um, I want to kind of piggyback what Stacy said. Definitely, uh, kind of flatten the curb. Uh, people out there, please just wear your mask uh, just out of the courtesy because you never know 
what somebody else may have. Um, and it's just a it's very just a, a good courtesy thing to do. Uh, Connecticut's one of these states where we have flattened the curve a lot. Um, and now they're putting in something where people come from out of state and they're going to get screened and all this. But, um, the more we do it now, the less we have to do later. Uh, and hopefully this all be going by the fall. But, yeah, and um, oh, my kids. To Caden and Jackson, I'm going to make you listen to this probably like three or four times until you're tired of listening to it. So shout out to my kids too. I love you guys. Well, your dad is awesome. Uh, well, thank you very much for joining us, both of you, and for being Patreon supporters. Uh, we did just receive word that Matt uh, did not make bail, but he has a lot of hot dogs to keep him <laughs> healthy and hungry and not hungry. Uh, but uh, thank you again for, for joining us today, Stacey and Brian. And uh, on behalf of Ken, Jeff, Matt, my name is Neil, and that was Triviality. if anyone's ever tried to steal it i was also going crazy and like thinking like statue of liberty but i i think that that would not be something that you could actually steal but i think that's I uh neil's neil's favorite national treasure i want to steal the declaration of independence